of the college football season and therefore i think week nine of the carlin crappy show math is hard i'm not totally sure about that but what i am sure of is that you are not the voice you are expecting to hear right now um because obviously i'm not crappy i'm carla and i'm here in uh nashville tennessee where i'm i'm fairly certain the goalposts from neyland made it and floated down the river here at some point this week um I, i'll have to check my sources and, and verify that and and the other guy over there is also not crappy but it's our good friend aj i guess aj i guess this means we have to like remove the emeritus title from a, a part of your title you're back being interim co-host I, yeah I, listen it's emeritus just means i'm here all the time i'm like bob stoops in the bowl game like you bring me back it'll be fun <laughs> and then i'll just go like well this was fun everybody i'll see you next week on big noon saturday it's fine there you go so um my, my husband was joking he said that um you're now the pat mcafee of <laughs> how this works right that is how it's this just, works i show up i have fun and then i leave it's great <laughs> next man up right no we're actually um we're, we're we're covering for crappy this week for the first time in the 11 year history of the carla and crappy show crappy is not able to join us this week everything's fine don't worry about that like, he's fine he'll be back next week um just had some stuff going on um and if you live in the mm -hmm. in the pittsburgh area you probably know what that stuff is um so you know well well hopefully have him back next week but for the first time i have to sit in the driver's seat and i don't this is a little weird it's a little uncomfortable but it's only fair because you you guys all covered for me um last year while i was out um yes so um so we're gonna take this for a spin i guess um yeah, and you're in the driver's seat you have to drive the car now <laughs> i have to drive the car now i know that's I've, I've never driven the car in 11 years so here we go <laughs> aj it's gonna be a wild ride <laughs> it's fine um, we'll be we'll make it through we'll make it through so um so you know we can't look ahead until we look back um right. so let's take a look back at last week um aj what did you see last week i saw points is what i saw and if you've watched any at least even glanced in the direction of the NFL on a Thursday, you realize they're not good at those. Yeah, right. And college football continues to always be good at points. Uh, multiple games broke the 80 point barrier Baylor, West Virginia, Auburn, Ole Miss, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU. That's four of multiple. That was just a selection. There's more yeah. than that, including Bama, Tennessee, which broke a hundo, which mm -hmm. felt amazing. Uh, and was one of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, it was a great weekend. If you like college football players or football players in general, crossing a goal line. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't want that, watch the NFL because they don't do that very often. And so it feels it's like, you know what? You're, it's true. NFL is football. The European kind. <laughs> or or soon to be european kind <laughs> soon to be european kind there's going to be a team in london and it'll be stupid but yeah. okay whatever yeah. that's that's why we like the college game right carla um, what what did you see last weekend was it uh, good <laughs> um well you know for my personal rooting interests um i'd prefer not to look back at penn state or um or my blue raiders um uh, so for like personal rooting interest, I had a terrible weekend of college football. <laughs> um, yeah, you got you got the worst outcome of that because there's like all these like games, there's these upsets, there's this and there's that. And here comes Penn State. 
<laughs> yeah it was so i we took ellie to her first tailgate um i mentioned that last week on the show that um we were gonna take ellie down to homecoming at middle and um so we went and we had a great time and it was actually a legit like my our friends had a legit hi jess and aj um i um they had a legit like set up and so we had a generator running a tv um and so we were flipping back and forth between some of the games and you know looking like keeping an eye on that game and like if you weren't paying attention to the game and just watching the score you're like oh penn state's right in this right um in the first half and then but really they weren't they were never in the game and it was just uh, um we'll talk a little bit more about that because we've got another big game coming up this weekend so i'll get more into that a little bit later um but yes, of course, Bama Tennessee was fun. I mean, watching Bama get beat is always it's always good for the soul. <laughs> um, although I will say it was tough to watch them get beat by Tennessee. Um, that's that's a tough fan base. Um, for 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 living here in Tennessee, they're obnoxious. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so, but I'm happy for them. You know, it's been what nine years or something like that since they've beat Bama. If, Long, uh, if, no, no, it's, it's way longer than that. It's like. It's been a very, very, very long time since Tennessee has beaten Alabama. I feel like it was longer than nine years. I want to say it was somewhere in like the 14-year range. Okay. It has been a brutal slog. Like it turned from the third Sunday in October as a like rivalry into this is a small road bump for Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I think this is very uh there's a number of interests here in terms of Bama looks not just mortable. That they look uh, sloppy. Yeah. They they have not looked tight. They have looked very sloppy. Like, when was the last time you saw a player on a Nick Saban Alabama team say, you know what, I am going to grab that football on a punt return, even though I'm not supposed to. Right. At all, right? Yeah. There is a whole lot of that that is happening in these games that is, like, keeping Alabama in. That's why Texas A&M was close. That's why Tennessee was able to get where they got. This is also uh, a lovely proof of concept for Tennessee because they have Hen and Hooker. You have the amazing receiver core that they have. Josh Heupel's offense is rolling mm -hmm. and they are continuing to bring in talent. So yeah. I hope that this continues to be a fun part of the rivalry and not a speed bump in October yeah. for, uh, for Alabama. But that, I mean, that game was like stupid entertaining to the point that like, I couldn't look away. Right. And so yeah. it was one of those, you know, so, you know, it, that kind of like immersed my weekend after like getting over the fact that middle and, um, and Penn state lost, but like we were both up for what I think was probably the second best, maybe even depending on who you ask the, the best game of the weekend, um, which was the nightcap USC and, and Utah, I, that, that game, holy cow. Uh, like and the fact that Kyle Whittingham like had the guts to go for two and the win at the end of the game and then for that play to go as easily as it did so, like it was Cameron Rising touched on his way into the end zone like I think not not really I I will say though the strategy there was we don't want to go to overtime right. with USC's offense we really don't mm -mm. nope we don't we do not have the we do not have the weapons we need to go for the we need to go for it now or we're losing the game. Right. And they did not want to extend that game any further than it needed to. They were able to get the win. Um, Salt Lake, listen, the Pac-12, I love you so much. You are not making the playoff until it's a 12-team playoff and you are allowed in because you're the ranked conference champion. But <laughs> I love the fact that you tear yourself apart every single year. Every single year. Yes. It's so good. Same with you, Big 12. I see you. Yep. 
I see you, Oklahoma State TCU, which happened at the same time as Bama Tennessee, and no one noticed, right? Even though it was just as bananas. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of thing that I really do appreciate about like everybody wants to focus on the two on the big two, SEC and Big Ten, but all of these other games are happening and they're fun and there's still like a lot of big energy in these games that doesn't necessarily always make the national picture. So right. yes, I think USC Utah was fantastic. I can't really, I can't really fault anybody for saying Bama Tennessee was better because it was uh, <laughs> it was a super fun game. And I love Pac-12 football. Uh, I make all of my predictions and all the stuff I do on the show. Um, but Bama Tennessee was just amazing. The scene afterwards was amazing. Yeah. Uh, as Holly Anderson said uh, on the full cast after dark, she wanted an oil painting of the one guy like pointing off into the distance like it was George Washington crossing the <laughs> Delaware River riding the goalposts. It yeah. was just incredible. So uh, yes, and, I, I, an amazing weekend. And it led to the best meme of the week too, which was the Saban, what are you doing? What the bleep are you doing? Um, which like, it's just, I, that's just, it's just gold. It's just, I don't know how many times I've watched that video, especially the one that they did with like the super high pitched voice. Um, yes. It, it, yeah. I, you don't even need to listen. You couldn't hear it. But you didn't need to be like no. a professional lip reader to tell what he was saying. <laughs> it was very clear that he was saying, what are you doing? What what the blank are you doing? <laughs> and it came across incredibly clear on CBS uh, SEC broadcasts. So yep. uh, just incredible. And I, I like TCU beat Oklahoma State in two overtimes. Right. That was that was my list of like the weekend was so bonkers. I don't even remember what happened because unfortunately that game was also happening at the same time as Bama, Tennessee. And so like I stopped paying attention to that game because I saw the score and was like, you know, Oklahoma State's got this in the bag. And what got so immersed in Bama, Tennessee that then, you know, they did a game break in and was like. TCU won in double overtime and I was like wait what <laughs> like how did that yeah. happen like it just kind of happened in the same span there um but yeah Oklahoma State blew a 14 point lead in the second half and lost in double overtime um and now now the Pokes have to play Texas at home <laughs> a Texas team that's trending up like okay see I'm still stuck on the big 12 too um, listen I mean Quinn Ewers is listen Quinn Ewers was the guy that Ohio State went and got he was a five-star quarterback on yeah. their roster was like a big deal because he came in he was getting all these nil deals and everything like that transferred home to texas and it's proving he is the talent that everybody thought he was going to be yeah i need you though to understand that ohio state picked cj stroud over him and i think that was a good call and that's still how good quinn ewers is so yeah. i am interested to see how that trends for texas because you have Quinn Ewers, you have Bijan Robinson, you have Xavier Worthy, you have a line that is playing way better than I think a lot of people gave them credit to be because they were, I mean, to be entirely honest, they were a like all freshman starting line for Texas. So I think there's a ton of a ton of capability there for Texas to go to make Oklahoma State twitch a little bit. And mm -hmm. I think the Big 12 again is going to eat itself just like the Pac-12 did. Yep. Wait, by the way, going back to the Pac-12, Carla. Did somebody get a good win this year, this week? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was another uh, really good note here. Um, I'm just happy to like raise my glass and say the Stanford postulate lives for one more season. One um, more. <laughs> tree, tree beats Notre Dame. Um, and for their first for their first um FBS win in a year. By a the year. way, 
Have we talked about uh, the fact that Marshall <laughs> and Stanford uh, uh, beat Notre Dame this year? And Marshall, I still don't think has an FBS win this year. No, other than Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame. And like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> things are broken right now in the best way, by the way. Don't do do not get do not get me wrong. 2007 and now 2022 are two of the best years I've ever seen in college football. This year is great. Yeah. It's stupid. And I'm sad it's gonna end soon, but it is stupid fun. Um and I, I really think that this is why you watch college football, right? The mm -hmm. NFL, everybody's playing generally the same game. You have generally the same amount of talent and you have some superstar talent that can shift things one way or another. College is just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> week in and week out. Yep. And I, I like, you can watch so many games all at once and have this like, what the hell is happening? Wait, what's happening over here? What's happening over here? And because of the way that the streaming and TV deals are set up in the college space, you can watch so many things all at once versus, you know, the NFL where you probably can't watch more than what's on your local CBS or Fox channel right. at any given time. So I think trying to keep track of all of this is great, but I think we have good news. If you know, you've had a really long season, you're tired. You might want to go to bed early. This is your week. It is. Carla, tell me about how the Cornell Red, Big Red Bears are doing. Yeah, we've got to do the Big Red Bears report. Even though Crappy isn't here this week, we've got to keep the tradition alive. And I am very pleased to report Cornell won last week. Um, yes, let's go. <laughs> Cornell let's picked go. up a win over Lehigh, 19-15. to 15. Um, The game turned on a 31-yard pick six in the third quarter, which put Cornell up 16-15. to 15. Um, Drew Powell, Crappy's nephew, um, had one carry for no net yards um but hey he got a carry so we're, we're, we're happy for you drew um keep keep plugging away um so this weekend um cornell travels to providence rhode island on saturday for um the crayola bowl which i'm just totally making up um as the big red faces brown and they're not just brown they're the brown bears so the cornell big red bears against the brown bear. this is just gonna, this is just gonna be a really confusing game there's a there's a children's book about that i'm sure you know big <laughs> red bear met big brown bear and they had a football game <laughs> um, i like it if you want to watch it it's at 12 30 eastern on espn plus hold on i do have a stat update breaking stat updates okay drew powell one carry zero yards but did have one catch for eight yards let's go Woo! Uh, I will say, though, that is a minus 0.22 EPA for him, according to the friends at GameOnPaper.com. But that's right. We have advanced stats on Crappy's nephew. <laughs> we have that now. Uh, but yeah, I, listen, he got a catch. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is great news. Go Big Red. Uh, yep. Hopefully we see more of Drew Powell uh, in uh, in the game, in the, in the uh, Big Red Brown Bear game. Yeah, red brown. <laughs> I like that. The big red brown bear. I like that. Um, so so AJ, I'm confused because like if you if you listen to a normal show, like right. this is the point where we would normally like toss it to you for the for the group of five after dark report. And um, but you're you're here. Um so yes. I I am not sure exactly what to do here. So I think I'm just gonna toss it to you anyway, just because why not? So so okay. um go to you. So okay, so what we're gonna do is I listen, I do watch more than just group of five football. I'd happen to like it a lot more, but I do watch more than group of five football. So well, I think we do need to talk about a team coming off a huge upset and getting a bigger challenge this week. 
And that's right. Starting at noon, we have UT Martin at Tennessee. So Carla, <laughs> let's dive into UT Martin at Tennessee. Um, it's- the, the, the fact that there's not even a line for that game because, you know, um, but if, if you had if you had to put an AJ fun index on that game, what would you do? Or what would, uh, what would fun index it? fun index is 60 spread is also 60. <laughs> uh, this could be a letdown game for Tennessee, uh, you um, know, coming off the huge win, that, but that, you know, basing this, this larger, this larger challenge. This, this isn't, this wasn't the game that I was, I was going to talk about, but you, you are it's right. Not. We are, we are going to be talking about a, um, a team coming off of one team coming off of an upset and, and getting a bigger challenge this week. Um, what, what what I was thinking though was was the game at noon Eastern on ABC, um, number fourteen Syracuse, at number five Clemson. Oh, um, Clemson favored by sense. thirteen and a half. Um, the AJ Fun Index for this game is um, a not quite as fun fifty. Um, so AJ, what are your thoughts on that game? We've been postulating all year, going into the lab, really trying to use scientific data and research to determine is Syracuse good? Carla, is Syracuse good? I I honestly still don't know if I can answer that question, but they picked up a hell of a win last week. I mean, they got a win against NC State, but I don't know that they're good. Right. Like, it, because I, I NC State didn't have a quarterback. Right. I don't know if Syracuse is good. Yeah, it is. This is this is the Syracuse. This is the Syracuse conundrum. I will title it now. There the Syracuse conundrum. Are they good? We have no I idea. <laughs> they might be. They're undefeated. And so they are the only this is an undefeated battle. In the ACC Clem Syracuse at Clemson, just like we all drew it up. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, Syracuse could be good. Might be. It's mm-hmm. Carla dive a little bit deeper here because I, I truly don't know. Well, and you know, I'm on the fence with you too, because like statistically, if you look at Syracuse, um, their offense measures up with Clemson, which is kind of baffling to me, but like statistically, they're really even um, offensively. And the orange defense is actually better than Clemson's um, particularly against the pass. Their secondary is pretty darn good. So edge Syracuse question mark, I, in, you know, uh, but, like Copy's mentioned this a couple times because he's enamored with the ACC, right? So he's been, you know, I've been enamored with the Big 12. He's been watching the ACC. He did mention, and I agree with him, that this is a Clemson team that's finally starting to get its act together, right? That yes. um, DJU is 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 riding the ship. He's looking more like the quarterback that we all expected him to be. Um, and Clemson scored on six straight drives last week against Florida State. Like that's an offense that's yeah. functioning well, right? Um, that being said, though, I hate the line here. 13 and a half. Like why? That's a, that's a big, that's a big number. Yeah. Huh. Um, I think the game's going to be super tight. Um, it, this is one of those, like you, you kind of have to think like the pick is Clemson at home just because they're at home and they're the known entity at this point. But like the games at noon, the atmosphere is not going to be great. Like if this was a night game, then I would say, yes, Clemson's going to win oh, yeah. this game. Um, but a noon kick, like, yeah, I, I think that levels things out a bit. I, I honestly wouldn't be stunned to see Syracuse win this game. Um, yeah, so, and I think I yeah. think this is where I think the the interesting part here is if you if you break down the stats, Syracuse has a very good passing offense. Their rushing offense is fine. Yeah, the Clemson's defensive strength is against the run, so you have a you don't have a like strength on strength situation here. You have a weakness on you have a weakness on weakness. Right. So you have the ability to have a, you know, a strong Syracuse passing attack against a not 
I like it's an okay Clemson defense, but I do think that this is where I think Syracuse keeps it close too. I, the problem is, is that I don't, I don't know what to like really go on to say like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to keep it close. And here's exactly why I just think it's like, yeah, yeah it's going to be close. And like, we will continue the, this might answer the question is Syracuse good. Mm-hmm. Also sidebar on DJ uh, Uyunglele. I think we've now had, we've now had multiple seasons of him, right? We had originally, he played in the Notre Dame game in the COVID year. Right. Then last year he was like, fine. I think in this space, he has kind of gotten to a, like a better than good, mm-hmm. but he's not Trevor and Deshaun. Right. 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 And that's okay. He doesn't have to be Trevor and Deshaun. He could be DJ. Mm-hmm. But if you keep your expectations at, DJ and not Trevor and Deshaun, he's great. He's doing just fine. The offense is rolling. They're actually scoring points now. They're putting up points that they previously could not do last year. They really, really struggled. I think they're getting a lot better. Their line play is getting better. So I'm still taking Clemson. I'm not taking Clemson with the line, but I would still pick Clemson to win. Yeah. Okay. Um, so also at noon, um, because we skipped over big nude. Um Iowa at number two, Ohio State in the shoe. Um, Ohio State favored by 29 points. Um, and an AJ fun index of a not so fun uh 49. Um, have any thoughts on this one? Uh yes. I'm really sorry, Ohio State fans, that you have to waste three hours of your time staring at paint drying. <laughs> because holy crap, the Iowa offense is. I don't think like I don't think enough people have watched Iowa football enough this year. Okay. We have. We have. <laughs> I don't think enough people have watched Iowa football enough to understand how truly putrid this offense is. <laughs> like it is It's bad. It is awful to watch. They have literally no idea what they're doing. They Spencer Petrus is like literal spitting image of big ben he is a black and gold quarterback wearing number seven and throwing and hoping at most points in the game (laughs) like ohio state is favored by 29 they could be favored by 50 it doesn't matter they're going to win by a whole lot there is ohio state's offense against iowa's very very good defense but i gotta be really honest michigan made that offense made that defense look small Mm -hmm. and i think ohio state is going to do the exact same thing it'll be close early i think i think iowa can potentially slow them down early and people get a little nervous in the first quarter and then i ohio state is going to put the foot on the gas and go and like this is a race to 14 like the moment (laughs) ohio state hits 14 it's over it's over this game is this game is done has has iowa scored more than 14 points in any game this season yes they have okay in the rain delay like 2 a.m game against nevada when the game was literally called because God said that's too many points, Iowa. And they had to go into a four hour rain delay and lightning delay because that's, it was, they, they had scored 17 points. Everybody was like, Oh, here we go. Iowa might've figured it out. No, they haven't. Yeah. They lost nine to six to Illinois. Right. Like there's In a game that we hate watched. Um, I, I want to say they, did they, did they break 20 against Rutgers in the 34 and a half over under game? I think they might have. Maybe. I think they did. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Iowa's not going to put up 14 points. And the moment Ohio State does, this game's over. Game so over. Uh, yeah. Ohio State's going to win. It's not going to be pretty. 
uh, for Iowa fans and Ohio State fans. They're going to be nervous for like 15 minutes and then right. they'll be done. I mean, honestly, the only reason I kept this game on the schedule for this week was in honor of crappy. That's <laughs> um, it. Yeah. Um, uh, you d- by the way, this is just a reminder, a, p- a personal service and a pr- public service announcement. You do not have to watch Iowa football. You don't have to do that. You can find other things to do. In fact, uh, Syracuse and Clemson will be a way better game. In fact, hold on. I'm just going to spitball. I'm just going to look real fast at the schedule for next week at noon uh hell you could just watch ut martin at tennessee at noon also at noon uh kansas and baylor yeah that's a spicy meatball and also apparently i miss cincinnati smu anyways look there are other things you can watch you do not have to watch a brian ferentz coached offense and the fact that he hasn't been fired so far is uh, both nepotism and gary barda doesn't want to do so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's move along let's move on um this is a game that i think you're gonna know a little bit something more about here um at 3 30 eastern on espn2 um we have memphis at number 25 tulane uh tulane favored by seven the aj fund index is inappropriately edging up towards fun 56 and a half um i'm gonna go first here since this is this is a game that's that you have a little bit more expertise here so um here's the thing i never thought i would say this season um number 25 Tulane um you know these offenses are statistically dead even um Tulane's defense substantially better than Memphis's um and this is a green wave squad that beat Kansas State on the road my beloved uh Wildcats of K-State um and edge out Houston overtime um sure Tulane I'm sure you have better thoughts about this game than I do so educate me yeah like if Tulane doesn't lose to Southern Miss they're undefeated yeah. And people are talking about like an AAC championship run. Here's the thing. Tulane is just fine. That's it. They're not good. They're fine. They are very much in the, they're, they're the opposite of Syracuse. It's like, we know you're just fine. Um, they're the problem is they're playing a Memphis team and this Memphis team is lost. It's weird because Memphis over the last five, seven years, something like that has been a very, very, very good football team. They are cruising yeah. at that. Like, upper crust of g5 if you're playing them and you're a p5 team you're going to get got most of the time Mm -hmm. like don't schedule memphis Ole miss and mississippi state you do it enough because it's local to you but stop if you don't want to lose to memphis but they are average at best this year they just lost last week in multiple overtimes to ecu a game they should not have lost Mm -hmm. so they are kind of all over the place they don't look quite right um their offense is scoring far less points than they have in the past you know two years three years and that memphis season in 2020 looks a little bit more suspect uh it's very fun to kind of go back and look at the covid season and teams that were good in covid versus teams that were bad in covid and you're like was that real was that not and it was more or less like just circumstances of that season and less a like indicator of overall success i see tulane winning this game i think this is closer than the uh, seven point spread but i think this could be fun but i don't like neither of these teams is really standing out to me tulane even though they are ranked Mm -hmm. tulane they're running their rushing offense is not great yeah and it's they're going up against a uh, memphis defense a memphis run defense that is very good so there's a lot of different pieces to this where I could see like Tulane running away with this. I could see Tulane losing this game. I, there's a number of different, there's a number of different timelines here that could work. I'm still going to pick Tulane because I do think they're a better team, but uh, this one might be, might be spicy. 
Okay. We'll keep that. I'll keep that one on my radar. That one's on, um, that's on ESPN too. So it's easy to, it's easy on the thumb, right. To be able to keep that on, on the radar if it gets interesting. Yes. Um, also at three 30 Eastern on Fox, uh, the chip Kelly bowl, um, number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon, the ducks are favored by six and the AJ fun index is a very, very fun 69 and a half points. AJ. Um, yes. I'm going to let you just go ahead and run with this one because this, this game has your name written all over it. I need to figure out how I clear my three thirty slate. Cause I'm looking, there's a bunch of three thirty games, by the way, three thirty slate is lovely this weekend. This is going to be stupid. <laughs> this is a, by the way, this is a noon local kick. So this is an aughts in at night. This is aughts in at day. Um, I don't know if you guys have kept, because here's the thing. Oregon has been playing a lot of night games, and the most most people have seen of Oregon was when they got turned into paste by Georgia. Right. That's not the team that Oregon is today. They are a much better team. Bo Nix has got this team rolling. And, oh, by the way, they're the number one rushing offense in the country. Mm -hmm. Who saw that coming? Right. Uh, Oregon is going nuts on offense uh, UCLA has one of the top five passing offenses. Oregon has one of the worst pass defenses in the country too. <laughs> so this is where like, all I'm going to say is if you would like to see a fire break out at a fireworks factory, this is the game to watch because not only do you have that, like you have two very good high powered offenses and two middle of the road to not great defenses. You have the chaos factor of Dorian Thompson Robinson and Bo Nix. Right. You don't know what you're getting out of either of these quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I, like, I I truly, like, I when we watched the uh, the Washington-UCLA game, I, I was expecting Michael Penix Jr. to just go nuts. And all of a sudden, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is, like, literally juking dudes at the goal line and making Washington defenders tackle each other. Like, <laughs> absurd capabilities. So, when we look at, when I look at this game, I see a ton of points and it's going to basically be whoever has the ball last. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Ducks. I think they're a much more talented team, but UCLA could make this fun. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. Um, that this is the this is the game that that when you look at it, it has the makings of becoming a shootout, right? Um, because of the way the defenses shape up, and it's it's down to those two quarterbacks. And um, Knicks has looked good in his last two games, but during that same span, UCLA has wins over top twenty opponents, right? So it's like. Eh. And both teams are coming off of a bye, which means that everybody, you know, getting the extra rest a little bit healthy. I, I, I mean, there is a there is a level, by the way, they're uh, number 21 and number 36. Oregon is number 21. UCLA is number 36 in terms of plays per game, too. They're both mm. running at about a 70, 73 play per game average. It's going to be a lot of plays. This is not going to be slow. No, like this one, I'm just going to say this. If you watch games like I do, where you have multiple games on at once, put this one on the big screen. This is the one you want to watch and then scoreboard watch the rest. This is the one you want to put your eyeballs on. Yeah, I would agree. That's my, I, that's my pick. I, yeah, I'm not sure who I would, who I would pick here. Um, Part of me wants to pick UCLA on the road. And I think my gut is telling me that because of the opponents that UCLA, I mean, UCLA has some really, really solid wins the last two weeks, um, you know, including the win over, you, you know, coming off the win over Utah. And um, 
it feels like that's a team that's building in the right direction. And you've got to believe they're going to go in there with a chip on their shoulder, trying, you know, to try to get Chip Kelly's first. I believe this is the first time Chip Kelly's gone to Eugene since. Um, oh, that's right. Cause they're not in the same division. Right. So yeah, this is a South North uh, thing. Yes. So yeah, this would be Chip Kelly's return to Autzen too. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to oh, say, boy. UCLA, but like, this is my, like my, my question mark game, right? UCLA question mark. Um, definitely this game's on the big screen at three 30. Um, it's, it's you know going to be just pointsy as heck. You know what? I, I'm kind of with you on the UCLA bit. Cause now I'm looking at their last three games. They gave up 41 to Wazoo 27 to a not good Stanford team and 22 to Arizona. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> this this one is going to be this one's going to be very spicy. The spread is Oregon by six. UCLA in the uh, points. This, this should have been this should have been a pick them with the Oregon getting three because it's a home game for them. Like that is yeah. that is a pick them. So, yeah. Yeah. You give me UCLA the points. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'm going back on that one. Sure. <laughs> well, and here's another one that gets really interesting that, you know, I, to me, this this feels like another coin flip kind of game. Also at 330. So this is the game that I would probably put on the secondary screen, right? Big screen goes UCLA, Oregon. This would be like the second screen. Number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Texas favored on the road by six um, with an AJ fun index of 62. Um, we got to love some big 12 going up against some really like awesome Pac-12 at the same time. What do you think about this one? Quinn Ewers is going to have a game, y'all. <laughs> Quinn Ewers is going to have himself a game because Texas's strength is all in the passing game. Uh, Quinn Ewers is the quarterback that I think, as we mentioned earlier in the show, is it, he is that dude. Yeah, He is the guy that Ohio State recruited. He is the talent that everybody thought he could be. The challenge is that Oklahoma State's passing defense is real bad. Yeah, they are they are in the 80s and 90s in terms of EPA uh, per play, EPA per game. Teams have been picking on Oklahoma State's pass defense. This is how TCU came back. I feel like Texas goes out and just puts their foot on the gas. I think Texas saw what Texas Tech did. Texas Tech came out against Oklahoma State and immediately went after them. Like mm -hmm. we're going to try and put them on their back foot. We are going to throw the ball like crazy with a freshman quarterback in his first start in Stillwater. And they almost without the, uh, if they had not pulled, if they had been able to pull off the onside kick and gone up something like 14, nothing, it would have been rough for them. So I think you could see a, I think Texas goes out and runs, tries to run away with this. And it's up to Oklahoma State to try to put the brakes on it. Which, with that defense, I'm not sure is something that they're going to be capable of doing. I think I think the interesting thing here is, yes, you're right. The TCU was able to exploit that secondary. But also, Oklahoma State's offense just, like, disappeared in the second half of that game against TCU. They kicked two field goals in the entire second half. That was all Oklahoma State did on offense. And so you have to believe, I mean, Texas's defense is – up there with TCUs, right? Like, I mean, they they shut out Oklahoma. Um, and yes, that was an Oklahoma team that looked horrific on offense in the Red River. But, um, but I'd say Texas, Texas. I'd honestly say Texas has a better defense too. Yeah, and so if 
so if, if Texas's defense comes to play and is able to do what TCU did in the second half last week, Texas wins this game on the road. Like Quinn Ewers has that offense rolling. Um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing, like the one thing that impressed me last week, right? So yes, Texas got a little bit of a scare from Iowa state last week, but here's the thing in recent seasons, we have seen Texas fold in that situation, right. And give up that game. And then everybody that was saying Texas is back, you know, and then they all start piling on like, nope, this is the same old Texas said just a different year. Um, they won that game last week in other seasons. They would not have done that. This is a Texas team trending in the right direction. Um, Sark's got this team running and I, I like the, I, I do. I think I like the horns on the road here. I, I just, it just feels like they're the team that's heading in, in the right direction. What's actually funny is I'm looking at the expected points chart uh, and you can see Texas like at play 50 really starts to like drop as Iowa state starts to come back. And you can literally see the part where Texas goes, nope, and pulls it right back up. Mm -hmm. whereas they could have previously fallen off. Right. Uh, I do think uh, I, I, I will go on record here and say it was a fumble uh, or at least a targeting call yeah. uh, against uh, Texas at the end of the game there. But honestly, Texas, you're right. They could have folded. And I think they might have heard Joey McGuire at Texas Tech call them out. I don't know if you saw that speech after the Texas Tech beats Texas. And he said, I told you they would break and they did. And I think they heard that speech and they took it to heart and they said, we got called out because someone thought we would break. Someone questioned our heart and they were right. Let's not do that again. So getting that all the way through, getting, it, it, does Sark have this team turned around or did Joey McGuire just give them some spectacular bulletin board material? Who's to say? I think Texas wins. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the uh, to the primetime games. Let's do another one that you have on your radar. It's at 7 Eastern on CBS Sports Network, the network of champions. <laughs> um, Boise State at Air Force. Air I'm Force sorry. favored by three and a half. Fun index is 47 and a half. And you are cackling, and I need to understand why you are cackling. I need to pull the curtain back. I just read Carla and, and Crappy, and I have notes, Okay. Right. This is not all off the top of the dome. I will say, though, when I do the group of five after dark report, a lot of that is off the top of the dome. But there's notes. And so I'm like keeping track of like where the games are. This is where we put like what the spread is and the fun indexes and so on and so forth. Right. Yep. And I just read what Carla wrote for this game. <laughs> and it just made me laugh because it's true. Carla, go ahead. Okay, so I was going to say that, you know, honestly, I have nothing constructive to add to the conversation of this game because I've not seen either of these teams, um, other than the fact that I still find it hopelessly ironic that Air Force doesn't have a passing game. I, how? What's how? So what's what's funnier is that Air Force's pass defense is terrible too, <laughs> and so they're not even good at being air troops, right? So <laughs> here's here's the thing, Boise. Is, has been more than mortable. They have been incredibly mortal this year. Yeah. Um, the, the difference, though, in this is that over the past two weeks, Boise's kind of turned it around. Um, they started playing around with different quarterbacks during this, during the, I think it was the San Diego State game is where they really started to mess around with quarterbacks. Hank Bachmeyer has kind of gotten benched in favor of Taylor Green. And Taylor Green 
is a dude because not only is he giving them a passing threat, but also he's much more capable of running the ball than Hank Bachmeyer ever was. And so they're able to go back, go into more of a dual threat capability. Boise's defense is unquestionably good. Their offense has been what slowed them down. Taylor Green has been giving them much more on offense in the past few weeks, which has been making Boise look a lot more capable, right? They hung 40 on Fresno, although RIP to the GOAT, uh, Jake Hayner. He's not dead, but he's done for the season. Yeah. Um, our late night God, um, he's done for the season. Uh, so they were able to get right against Fresno, but they also were able to turn it on against San Diego State. Right. They they were able to go out and say, OK, no, we're running away with this game. They lost to UTEP and then said, OK, that's enough. And then we're able to turn it on against San Diego State, really put it on Fresno. I think this is Boise. I think Boise is going to try and come out and really try to prove that they're still Boise State. Don't get it. Don't forget it. They are three and oh in the conference. They still lead their division. They're still yeah. very much on track to go to the, the Mountain West title game. But they are very much coming out and saying like, no, 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 no. Don't get this. Don't get it messed up. We're going to come out and ruin your day. Air Force, meanwhile, has one of the top rushing offenses in the country. Um, Boise has a very good run defense. So this could be a very slow game. That's why that fund index is 47 and a half. Air Force is undefeated at home. They have one of the top scoring offenses in the country. This could be fun. Uh, it is on CBSSN, the network of champions do find that. Although I do, I, I have a personal beef right now with CBSSN for whatever reason, I cannot stream it. I have to like it like you go to CBS uh, CBS sports.com they they have like you can watch it just like you can with like watch ESPN and foxsports.com CBS sports network does not want to work on my machine and it drives me crazy I've tried multiple different browsers different ways of doing it CBS sports network I call I claim you as the network of champions give me my stream please <laughs> um I would like to watch this game I do think uh Boise's defense though is going to ground Air Force but I'm and they'll, and they'll keep it close and win. <laughs> that one's one to keep keep an eye on for sure. Um, especially after this next game. Um, if this next game gets a little bit out of hand, which I think it might, um, at seven Eastern on ESPN, uh, number twenty four Mississippi State, um, at number six, yes, number six Alabama, <laughs> um, the Tide are favored by twenty one. Um, at home and the AJ fund index is, uh, 61. That's, that's, that could be fun. Um, do you have any thoughts on this one? I mean, this is, uh, we have, we have year three leech, which by the way, if you go back and look at Mike Leach's coaching career, year three is when his teams like turn it on and they're like, Oh, how are you so good? It's because the offense has had time to actually gel because everything works on timing in that offense. He still runs the same offense. It's not like it changes year to year. Right. What's different though is that Mississippi State is actually running the ball. They ran the ball 37 times in a single game. Uh, Mike Leach ran the ball 37 times. Just put that out there in your brain. 2022. Um, <laughs> I, sure. I I think I I think this is where Bama's listen, Mississippi State. I'm really sorry. Bama's gonna try and get right against you. Yeah. It does help that you are going on the road and Alabama has still continued to play sloppy after sloppy. It is unbelievable to me that they are the way that they are 
in this like in this season they had multiple 10 they've had multiple 10 game 10 penalty games yeah and like Nick Saban screaming what are you doing is very very real I think they are going to try to just run the ball down Mississippi State's throat they're just going to hand the ball to Jameer Gibbs and say go get him son and have you know a, a good just have a really strong game and try to play clean they don't want to have holding penalties. They don't want to have false starts. They don't want to hurt themselves right. because Mississippi state is going to try and go out and throw and try to score as many points as they can as quickly as they can, because they're not going to get too many of them. Uh, I see Bama winning. I expect them to cover. I think Saban's going to try and prove to everybody like, okay, you want to bring me down to six? Cause I lost. Okay. All right. Yeah. And he's going to try and spin this game up um, and, and say like, look, they don't believe in you. You lost. And it's not looked great. And you guys have looked bad. And yeah, Mississippi State, I don't think is going to have a chance here, especially because they got to go to Tuscaloosa to do it. If this game were in Starkville, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I'd be a little bit more interested, but uh, no, no. Sorry, Klanga. This, you're going to get your bell rung this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I um, uh, Saban after a loss is not a Saban that you want to deal with, right? And we've seen that time and time and time again. And unfortunately for for um, Mississippi State fans, you are the uh, victim this year um, with the Alabama get right game. But I'm with you here. I think Alabama wins this game unless Alabama beats itself, right? And that's with the penalties and the sloppy play. Um, usually when Saban's not happy, that usually means that things won't be an issue this week. Um, but we've That's at least the pattern that we've seen in the past. Um but, you know, we'll see what happens. And I think the Mississippi State defense is really going to struggle to slow down Bryce Young. I, I just don't think that they've got the defensive firepower to be able to slow him down enough to be able to score enough points to keep up with Bama. So, so yes, Bama is the pick here at home. Um, I don't know if the, I don't know if it's 21 points, um, particularly if, if Bama starts to let some of those um, penalties kind of seep back in a little bit. Um, it could be closer than 21, but um, I think this game – has the potential to be fun. Um, I, you know, with the 61 fun index, it, it, it could happen, but I don't know, for some reason, I just don't, I don't feel it. Like, I just don't feel like this game's going to be, um, this feels like one of those like 35 to 10 games. Like Bama's going to cover. I don't expect the over to hit. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Okay, so moving on to something completely different in the game that I definitely have a lot of thoughts and a lot of nerves about. Uh, 7.30 Eastern on ABC. It is Minnesota at number 16, Penn State. Uh, Nittany Lions are favored by four and a half, and the AJ Fund Index is a definitely not fun 44 and a half, Big Ten appropriate. Um, I'll let you go first because I've got lots of thoughts on this one. <laughs> yeah, I Minnesota losing to Illinois did not help their cause in the Big Ten West uh, race. They are one and two in conference. They look really, really, really strong to start the season, and they have kind of trailed off. The boat, the boat is listing. I think I what I think Penn State needs to do is come out and just dominate them. Minnesota has a very, very good defense, and Penn State's offense is kind of butt. Uh, I, I would like to see, I, I, you know, I would like to see Drew Aller come out and potentially get a full start. I, I don't, I think if you're going to start him or wind down Clifford, I, I, I don't know what to do with the Penn state offense, I guess is what I'm saying here. 
right? Sean Clifford is your dude. He has been a four-year starter. There is no reason to bench him in his senior season in favor of a freshman. There just isn't, right? Like, trust me, the freshman will be there next year. You're just basically going to tell him like, hey, look, I know that you're sitting on the bench this year. You're a highly touted recruit. You are the starter next year. Just chill out. We'll get you into games when we can. If Clifford is done or is out for this game, this becomes a little bit more interesting to me. I want to see Penn State do more than hope Sean Clifford can get them down the field. Their rushing offense is not good. Their EPA on rush is in the 90s. That's not good. And Minnesota is not going to give you easy yardage in the run game either. So it's going to be on Sean Clifford to go win this game or whoever the quarterback is for Penn State to go win this game. There's a reason why it's a four and a half point spread and not more given Penn State's record and capabilities versus Minnesota's. I'm hammering this under. (laughs) This is a 20 to seven. This is a 2017 slog fest. Um, And yeah, I I could see, I'm going to go ahead and pick Penn State. I think they're better, but Minnesota is probably going to keep this a lot closer. Yeah, this game has me um, real nervous um, because I'll be honest, I didn't see a ton of the Penn State game last week um because we were you know at the tailgate but but you know it's never good when we flipped over to the game at the start of I believe it was the start of the third quarter and and there was a graphic that showed Sean Clifford's stat line and it was like he was two of seven for like 17 yards like at the end like heading into the start of the third quarter and you saw that and it was like is that a typo no that's not that's not a typo like that's how bad the Penn State offense was last week against that Michigan defense and you know, I mean, Michigan just completely shut them down. Um, and and here's the thing. I get what you're saying about the run game uh, for Penn State. Penn State actually has found a run game. The problem is they found the run game, and then they've gone up against a team. They found the run game, like, late, like, three or four games in, right, with these two freshman running backs that can really do something. And then they've gone up against good run teams, right, or good run defenses. And so they haven't had a chance to really get it established. And so, yes, they're having to rely on Clifford. And now with Clifford's shoulder – and Franklin's not talking about whether or not Clifford's going to be available for this game or if he's hurt or if he's going to be at 100%. You know, had Penn State not scored a defensive touchdown in the first half against Michigan, that game would have been out of hand in the first quarter. Um, I mean, that's how bad that was. So, yes, I'm nervous. Um, hosting a, a Minnesota team um, that also has, like you mentioned, a very good defense um, and a stellar running back. In, in Mohamed Ibrahim, who is now back, right? So you've got to you got to slow down that Minnesota run, and the status of Clifford is up in the air. Like, there's a lot of things here to make me nervous. Um, the glimmer of hope here, though, is that this is the whiteout. This is the whiteout game at Beaver Stadium, and that, to me, is what makes this, like, four-and-a-half-point line work. Like, I, I'm real nervous about this game. If this game was a noon kick... I'd be super nervous about this game. The fact that it's a whiteout, the atmosphere is going to be hopping, especially if Aller ends up getting the first, you know, getting his first start. Um, I I see this. I mean, you know, I'm going to pick Penn State. I always do, right? So I'm going to I'm going to say Penn State, but I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable about it with the fact that this game is the whiteout game as opposed to as the, this was a noon kick where I would be super, super, super nervous. Instead, now I'm just super, super nervous. I mean, it's not like they have a game coming up next week at noon that might be of some import. Yeah. And you might have a look ahead potential here as well. 
Yeah. Just throwing that out there. I'm just, just I'm just, I'm just speaking facts about Penn State's schedule coming just, up. Just keep they, making me more nervous. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's, it's, it, it's although okay. I will say this that, that, that you know, from a personal standpoint, there is something that I do, I can't hang my hang my hat on, um, and that is the fact that my parents are actually coming to visit this weekend, and I have any time since I have moved to um, my dad is the reason my dad is the reason I am a Penn State fan. He he's a Penn State alum. And um, I have not, since I moved to Nashville, watched a game together with my dad that Penn State has lost. And we will be able to watch part of that game together. So um, we are, let's do this. <laughs> yes. And, um, and, and finally, um, I'm really glad that we found a TV home for this game because the early part of the week, there was not a TV listing for this game. And for God's sake, it's for the first place in the Big 12. Yes, 8 o'clock Eastern. FS1, number 17, Kansas State at number eight, TCU. Um, the T- Horny Toads favored by three and a half at home. Uh, AJ Fun Index of 55 and a half. Um, another fun Big 12 game. What do you think? I mean, look, the Big 12 is doing the Lord's work this year, <laughs> really making sure yes. that we have fun and, enter- fun and entertaining things. I'm now wondering what's on Fox at 8 p.m. Uh, next Saturday. Uh, baseball oh who cares who cares come on no one cares anyway that's why why fox got a 330 game because they're doing baseball postseason god everybody's going to be excited for people don't get sweaty while playing anyways (laughs) yes this is on fs this is on fs1 find that on your dials this game's going to be stupid fun yes mostly because uh we have a uh, we got a strength on strength or strength on weakness matchup here. We have TCU uh, and their incredible offense going up against a pretty stout defense, especially Kansas State's pass defense. They're mm-hmm. very good against the pass, not so great against the run. So I expect uh, TCU to probably run the ball a lot more, and I expect Sonny Dykes to make some fun stuff happen there. Kansas State's running offense, though, Colin Klein is a gross human being. All right. <laughs> He was the former quarterback at Kansas State, and he has the North Dakota State uh, former head coach, uh, Chris Kleiman, as his head coach. And so they just want to do like North Dakota State, we're going to run the ball down your throat things. And they're just letting Adrian Martinez do that. And it's great. Uh, and so I, TCU's run defense is not good. So I expect to see this thing go back and forth, up and down the field, with each team getting decent sized chunk plays, especially in the running game. Uh, Kansas State's passing offense is not good because Adrian Martinez is not great at throwing the football. He just isn't, and that's yeah. okay. Um, so I think there's a, you know, you have a big capability for this game to go back and forth. Keep your eyes on this one. I think this one might be my my favorite game of the day, potentially. Um, no, UCLA-Oregon's going to be my favorite game, game of the day. This one's after it, and so I get to watch them at one after another. Give me a... I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick the purple team. <laughs> I think, I think the purple team's going to win this game. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and pick TCU. I think TCU is going to win this game. Uh, just, it, it just feels right. TCU is on a roll this year. They're at home. They're getting a night game. I think TCU is going to win it. I, I just really love the fact that we, that we have a K, we have an all purple K state TCU for, for first place in the big 12. Like it's it, in the middle of October, like dream come true. Like you're right. The, the big 12 is really kind of keeping us all going this year. Um, 
yeah, I think Adrian Martinez is the key to this game one way or the other, right? Um, because we saw him play like his hair was on fire against Oklahoma. Um, and then, but like, he, we also saw him to lose two lane the week before, right? And then squeak out a 10-9 win over Iowa State. Like, it's he's almost become like the Bo Nix, right? Like, he moved into the Big 12 and like took on the role of Bo Nix of like, which Adrian Martinez are we going to see in this game? The one that like played it, like his hair was on fire against Oklahoma or the or the one that lost to Tulane we don't know um Aidnez Aidnez there it is yes um TCU's defense is going to give the K-State offense the opportunity to make plays right it's going to happen can Powercat take advantage on the road if you look at the trends um TCU's won three straight against ranked opponents like they've been through a brutal stretch and and they're and they're just they're a team again trending in the right direction after being benched to start the season max dugan has has become one of the best quarterbacks in the country um they're a team that's really looking to continue the momentum and as much as k-state is my darling in the big 12 and have been for the last decade since they were um they were one of the teams that i had to um that i managed their site and like k-state's always been like held a special place in my heart I think the horny toads are the pick at home here, but this game's going to be stupid fun. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on this one, even though, you know, I'm going to be watching the Penn state game, obviously, but, um, but I'm going to definitely be scoreboard watching this one and, um, and keeping a close eye on it. Yeah. I guess the question is, is like, Gary, what were you doing? Cause it's not like this is like a huge influx of transfer talent or anything like that. Like USC has with, you know, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Travis dot, like the entire USC offense was at different places last year. Right. Right. So TCU, this is basically the same offense. What was Gary doing? Yeah. <laughs> Did they just That's need the- a year to chill, like to gel? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess the only question is, is like, can TCU get their defense together enough to really put up against, you know, some of the upcoming, they got WVU, they got Texas Baylor, they got Texas and Baylor back to back in the middle of November. Yeah. So there is a, there's an opportunity for TCU to like struggle towards the end of the season. The only game they have not, uh, in the big, in big 12 play that has not been close with the, uh, the Oklahoma game, but they were close against SMU. They were close against Kansas. They were close again. I mean, they, they had to come back from 14 down to beat Oklahoma state last week. Like TCU can do it. They just need to figure out some way to stop the other teams. Um, so I'm very interested to see where TCU goes from here. I do think they beat Kansas state, but this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Boys and girls, you can hear the Carla and Crappy show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and a variety of other podcasting hosts. You can watch us on YouTube or on the show's Facebook page. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't, mind your own damn business. And be sure to come back next week to see just how wrong we were and, just, and hopefully see Crappy back um, in the driver's seat because this has been fun, but I, 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 I'm not sure that this is my thing. I, <laughs> it's been real. Listen, it's been lovely talking to you, you but I'm not sure great. I like driving. But you did great, and that's what matters. <laughs> I'm I'm a backseat driver. That's that's my thing. I like I like ooh, to navigate. Ooh, 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 ooh. You could getting close there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hit the brakes. Hey, hey, AJ, do you have any final thoughts on the week? <laughs> um, I just want to wish everybody a really nice early evening. We've had a lot of late nights this year, right? And as the after dark reporter, I'm the one staying up. I 
I was taking screenshots of the San Jose State game last week at two in the morning. I just I can, want you to I know that. I can attest to that because you sent them to me. <laughs> I did. And I, by the way, I do send things to Carl and Crappy way past both of their bedtimes. Yes. And I just expect them to see them in the morning and it's fine. But I feel like we're going to be okay. There's nothing. Uh, listen, I, I will ride and will probably tell you that there's even something like a little bit in there. The best I can give you is a not great Utah State against an okay Wyoming. That's the best I can do this week. That's it. Don't, like Washington Cal, if you would like to watch Mar Michael Pennis Jr. just throw footballs all over the field, that's a game for you. I don't expect that game to be terribly good. Get yourself an early bedtime this week. Yeah. I know Carl and Crappy are going to be staying up probably late next week because, oh, wait. That's right. Fox ruined everything. <laughs> they made Ohio State Penn State a noon game. Oh, I I'm just I'm just gonna take a quick peek at next week. We do have a Hawaii home game. That's gonna be great. And Carla, I regret to inform you. I don't know if you've looked forward, but your lovely Blue Raiders are playing out playing UTEP at 9 p.m. on ESPN Plus. I'm real sorry about that. <laughs> yeah well it's at 8 p.m central so like we can actually that's not as bad but it's still a late night game for us yes that's for sure. that's that is a late night game stanford ucla man you might y'all might get an early week next week too okay so you've had a lot you get a break this week take a deep breather maneuver through the games Carla, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts? Um, I, You know, I, again, I'm still stuck on the Big 12, right? And, you know, even though they lost last week, like, I still have my eye on Kansas, all right? And and this is another week where they can try to become bowl eligible against a 3-3 three and three Baylor squad that's lost two straight, right? Um, that game, as you already mentioned, ESPN2, noon Eastern, um, I said this last week, I'll say it again this week, go get yourself a bowl game, Rock Chalk. Do it this week for realsies, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there would be nothing worse than to see Kansas Kansas go five and zero to start the season and then not make a bowl game. Um, but yeah, have you seen the at bowl season Twitter account? I don't think I have. So I guess it's the old. I think it's the old like bowl association. It's had a number of various like names over the years but every week when a team becomes bowl eligible they tweet congratulations on becoming bowl eligible and they have shirts that you can buy <laughs> and listen there it, it, it's nothing more than a like generic 2022 bowl season bowl bound with some confetti and the team logo and that's it it's the silliest thing i've ever seen and they have a podcast and they have a store and like it's just incredible that there is like people are like they're they're sending out like congratulations they did one for ohio state like Ohio State's super excited about being bowl eligible. They have bigger, <laughs> they got bigger eyes on the prize. They did one for Alabama. They did one for Georgia. They did one. They basically, did you win six games? You get a tweet. And so I've just been enthralled by like, hold on. Yes, there is a Illinois bowl bound t-shirt. There's a quarter <laughs> zip. There is a youth long sleeve shirt. Like it's 
so insane to me that <laughs> that like this is the thing like for illinois big deal for kansas big deal Bama doesn't care <laughs> yeah like I, I gotta be really honest like dcu don't care <laughs> right none of these teams care that are but they got graphics it's amazing <laughs> Uh, and this is why we love college football. AJ, thank you so much <laughs> for jumping back in, for ripping the emeritus title off of your title and um and jumping back in to be co-host this week. This was this was fun. I I I agree. We um it's always fun talking college football with you. Um so thank you for being here and thank you all um for for watching, for listening. Um we'll be back probably for a bit closer to a normal show next week. Um, because Crappy and I have this little football game that we're probably gonna want to talk about. Um so with that, um, cheers to you, AJ. Cheers to all of you for listening. And um, in honor of Crappy, even though I I not I can't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Beat Michigan. We'll see you all next week.